Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's time for the podcaster who just, you may find me short of breath because I just did a chair adjustment. Now I'm in, I'm under a set of three quarter stairs in the climbing closet, uh, which means that if I put my hands on my hips, my elbows are touching both walls. And I have a chair that is one of the few things, I didn't even realize this, but this chair has been here the whole history of the podcast. It is It was the least expensive office chair they sold at uh, uh, Ikea back in, um, before, somewhere around 2010. And I could say that my behind gets tired sitting on here, but, you know, I'm not here to rest. I'm here to put you to rest and help you fall asleep. Because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Thanks for making it possible, patrons. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing? Trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about, thoughts on your mind. So thoughts, uh, past, present, future, indeterminate. I don't know, is that a word? Uh, Undetermined. My thoughts are... uh, My thoughts are determined to get my attention. I'll tell you that much. Talk about... uh, uh, persistent persistence of thought I think that is that, that's a movie or a book or something I say holy cow if I could be as persistent as my thoughts uh, I don't know I guess I'd be I'd probably be people would have uh, no offense to my thoughts I'm trying I'm trying to love you I do love you but uh, yeah you're persistent you're pesky I would say you're pesky like pesky in a way if I could say pesky persistent uh, you ponder stuff, uh, preposterous sometimes. Many P words could describe my thoughts. You could be having feelings. Uh, so anything you're feeling, uh, emotionally coming up for you, anything, uh, you're feeling, uh, uh, physically. So any feelings, uh, physical sensations, changes in time or temperature or routine, so anything, you know, any of those things coming up for you could be someone, you could be traveling, someone could be coming in from out of town, you could have something coming up, anticipation, participation. My thoughts want me to participate. You're right. Uh, too many P words, uh, that could be keeping you awake. Or you could be trying to get back to sleep after a, uh, of, uh, like you had too much P and now you don't. That happens. Uh, well, whatever it is that's keeping me awake, I'm here to take your mind off of that and keep you company so that you could fall asleep. This show is a little bit different because uh, I don't really put you to sleep and you don't really, li- you kind of just barely listen to me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I got a safe place here set aside where I could send it to you or you could look at it from afar. But what I like to do first is smooth it, pat it, rub it down. Do a little magic motion with my hand as I step away and say safe place. Uh, maybe open my palms and do a thing with my fingers. Like, I don't know if you could sense that, but it's one of those things where your fingers, you open your palm and then your fingers do a little swirly thing. Probably not a swirly thing. I think the technical term is closing your fingers individually one at a time in, in a way with flourish, a flourish with a flourish of a finger, flourish of a fingers, finger flourish, I guess, uh, is technically what I did, like a flourishing my fingers or a finger flourish. So, oh, I'm going I'm to send my voice across a deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. All designed to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff so you can fall asleep. What it means is my voice is not traditionally soothing. Uh, And then I go off topic, as you've already seen. I get mixed up. I go back. Pregnant pauses. My brain has my brain. Unfortunately, does not. I have pregnant pauses when I'm trying to communicate. But when my when my thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations at bedtime. 
There's no, well, I guess there are pregnant pauses because they say, really, what are you going to do about that tomorrow? And then there's, they say, they say, really, what are you going to do about that tomorrow? Then there's a long pregnant, I'd say that's more of a poignant pause uh, or a, uh, <laughs> a pause that causes me, uh, it causes feelings. Uh, so I'd say it's, it has a poignancy for me. Uh, but so what was my point? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even mean to use point again. Oh, but I, so I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so you could fall asleep. So this is, there's a few different things that are, uh, you have to get used to if you're new. And if you're a regular listener, hello, my regular listeners, how you doing? Uh, all pets everywhere, fishes, uh, mam- animal, mineral, vegetable, as I'm saying now. You know, some people had pet rocks. I don't know. That was a little bit before my time. Here's something that happened somewhere in the generations. Uh, People like before me, there was pet rocks. Then in different times, people get into rock tumbling. That was, we got our first rock tumbler at a garage sale, so it didn't come with the grit. So we just used it as a, I think as a soothing thing. I just put it on the thing and watch it roll. Never had any grit. You know, they say, they've said that about me more than once. Uh, and then they said I'm too gritty. So, um, but I didn't think about that. Like at one point, and then also another thing that gets popular, which I think is cool, is uh, gluing rocks together, putting googly eyes on them, maybe painting rocks, painting rocks and stashing them. I don't know what that's called. I found it. I found one rock one time somewhere. I mean, of course, no, like a rock someone painted and left to be discovered. Sorry, brain, critical brain. Uh, my brain just jumped to a conclusion. It said, the listeners don't understand what you're talking about. I said, what well, kind of? But uh, they, they're, yeah, it's not supposed to. Oh, if you're new, though. Sorry, I was talking about rocks. Uh, the rocks, I got plenty of them upstairs. Uh, I have pet rocks. There's rocks tumbling up there. And then there's rocks that have been left. Uh, I don't have a lot of painted rocks in my brain, but if you want to, you know, if you, if you, if I find one, I'll put it right up there. I mean, you know, metaphorically, don't worry. No, no actual rocks in my brain, kids. Prop, I mean, except, you know, some part of my brain just scoffed at that rock like material. Thank you for correcting me. So, but it also then my brain just said full of hot air. So I have my brain is composed, I guess, according to my brain. My brain is composed of rock-like material full of hot air and gas. Isn't hot air gas? How do we get on this? I'm trying to help a new listener realize this podcast is strange and different. Oh, boy. Now, if you're new, it does take some getting used to. Like, like a lot of people, and when I say a lot, I mean million, have said it took two or three tries before I got used to the podcast. So give it a few tries at first, unless you really loathe me, which is totally fine. I have a website set up for that, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. Because I do want you to find something to help you fall asleep because I have I know how it feels. Like, I mean, I just talked about it. Not looking forward to going to bed, having trouble, or last night I just slept and not good. And I had something on my mind and then I was having dreams about it. And then I was like, why am I like, like, uh, I had four, I was forlorn last night. I was forlorn, but not in a, a me, I didn't have an, I didn't have an immediacy to my forlorn, forlorn, forlornness or forlorn ability. I think I was forlorning in my, like, uh, in, in my pseudo sleep, uh, can you be, is forlorn a verb? Is forlorn a verb? I don't know. To forlorn. I mean, I've made it a hobby. You kidding me? Pastime, hobby, 10,000, I got 10,000 hours of being forlorn, but, uh, don't want to brag, but, uh, I do a lot of, for, I got a lot of forlorn and going on on the side, but so whatever's keeping you awake, if it's whatever it is, uh, I, 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 and a lot of listeners, we, while we might not ex- be experiencing the same thing you're dealing with, uh, we know how it kind of feels. It can feel lonely and frustrating. But the other side of it is we all know that are listening to the show that you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you can rest. You deserve a place you can relax and get comfortable and fall asleep. And we want that for you. I want it for you. 
I want you to have the rest you need so that your life is manageable and you can flourish. That gives me purpose. That gives my life meaning to help the people I can. Now, like I said, the show gives, give it a few tries, see how it goes. Cause it is very different. But if you've tried a lot of stuff to fall asleep, obviously you're going to be skeptical and doubtful. So just see how it goes. The show is mostly harmless. As uh, I think uh, Douglas Adams once said, or some sort of like gumball with a mouth or something. So there's, oh, that was a planetoid. Some part of my brain. I don't know if that was rocks or hot air. It said, I think that was a planetoid. Oh, thank you. So, oh, uh, so, okay. So that's more good. I got more good news. Not only is this show very different, it takes getting used to it. Uh, it's a podcast you don't listen to. You just kind of barely pay attention, but you can listen. If you can't sleep, I'm here to keep you company. And I'm not really here to put you to sleep. I'm here to take your mind off stuff and make the deep, dark night less lonely. Even though you don't have to listen to me, you could. Because I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bait, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar bud, your boar friend here in the deep, dark night to keep you company. But you don't have to be you, know, you could just drift off. I'll be here the whole time, though. And that's kind of what works about the show. You could listen to me, but you don't have to. You could fall asleep, but you don't need to. I'll keep you barely entertained until you do fall asleep. The other thing that throws new people off, or even regular listeners off sometimes, is the structure of the show. It is intentional. The show's structured in a very different way, but that way people start to adjust the show. But the show starts off with a greeting. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, so you feel seen, welcome, and you get the tone of the show is welcoming, but I'm a little bit odd. And it's okay to be odd. I celebrate. That's what I'm here to celebrate. I got, you know, a Brock, I don't have a Brock-like brain. Um, But Brock, I don't even know which Brock my brain got mixed up in. Brock's candy or like Brock, B-R-O-C-K. So and I said, isn't there some sort of hair stuff called Brex? Uh, so maybe my brain, so, oh, so I'm, I'm different and it's okay to be different. If, you, if you're different, you're, you're struggling, I'm glad you're here. I hope we can help. So that's a greeting. Then there's support for the show because the podcast, the goal is for it to come out twice a week for free on every podcast app. And that takes the resources of sponsors and the people that support the show. Then there's support for you. If you're having an extra tough time right now, there's links to resources you could connect with right now if you need extra help. And then there's support for the communities around the show uh, and the communities we're a part of. Then, um, oh, then there's the intro. And the intro is different than the support. The intro is like a 12 to 20 minute show within a show. Sometimes people, uh, they don't like that. Like they they, they kind of don't like the sponsor part or something. And then they kind of project that onto the intro. But the intro is a show within a show. And you could skip it. About 2% of listeners skip it. But it's really designed, one, to explain what the podcast is. For me to be myself, in, in some sense, I mean, you've seen me be myself. So you can say, oh, okay, uh, maybe I can be myself too. Maybe it's okay to be me and not be perfect, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a big part of the intro is me normalizing stuff. But it's also me talking in circles and not going anywhere because an efficient person would be able to be themselves and explain what the podcast is in two or three minutes. But for a sleep podcast, the intro is also part of the wind down. So whether you're getting ready for bed, you're doing something relaxing or you're in bed getting comfortable or a few percentage of people are already asleep, which we're happy for them, kind of. Uh, whatever it is, the intro is the wind down, the twilight part of the podcast, uh, because it eases you into bedtime. This podcast does not work to just put you to sleep. Because, uh, again, I've never seen that work for me, anything that's meant to just put me to sleep. So that's the intro. Then again, there's more sponsors between the intro and the story, uh, because that's what makes it possible. Uh, for the show to come out free twice a week. Then there'll be a story. Tonight will be a recap of uh, a, a Doctor Who episode 13, I think. Uh, if you've never seen Doctor Who, don't worry. It'll be very meandering. We'll be talking about Saxon and bird cages and Toblerone mostly. And uh, it'll be, but if you're a Doctor Who fan, you say, Are you sure you watched that episode? Handsome Jack. Uh, Martha, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole stuff I get mixed up about. 
So that's the intro. Oh, no, that's the story. Then there's thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I work really hard. I really yearn and I strive. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do this for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody, we're talking episode 13, Last of the Time Lords, a three-parter. And a lot of stuff happens in this episode. I still haven't seen the. At some point, we'll cover the um, holiday special. I haven't watched it at all, but we'll probably cover that in the holiday season, depending on uh, after I watch it. So this will be our last piece of Doctor Who for a little while. Episode 13, Last of the Time Lords. Uh, let's see my handwriting here. Earth for Space Country Music. Uh, one year later, sea flashlights, lanterns, Martha, nuns shower, all in black. Dialogue check. Uh, some of the work. A uh, little listen on back on valiant, back on valiant, ready to rise, never to lord. Doctors checked out. Martha Jones, come back home. Talker, stop, stop, sticking. Whisper zone. One airspace. 24 hours, homes, work, Martha's, uh, Frank, finger, codes, uh, Jackson, Jason, Jack, oh, Jack strapped up, big shot of PM, None, I have no idea if any of that is correct, let's see, these are my friends, right now they're doing a recap, Toblerone, what, Time Lord, Flashback, Paradox Machine, Meet at last, doctor. Stop it. Lasers. But Benjamin Button. Down you go. Toblerone balls. Martha's coming back. Earth, nope. And the open. And then the rest of last of time, Lord's Earth, shot of Earth from space. So that's what I said. Maybe country music, a lantern. Martha's holding a lantern. Oh, no, some dude is. Very handsome dude. Martha comes ashore in a boat. He's holding the lantern. You know who's holding the lantern for Martha is me in my heart. Be holding that one for a long time. Well, I guess not because after this episode. Uh, but Martha runs ashore. She's dressed in, like, special forces type gear. Very confident. What's your name? Tom Milligan. You're famous Martha Jones. How long since you last been in Britain? 365 days. Been a long year. What's the plan, Toucan Sam? Professor Doherty, we got to see her. Plant seven. I'll get you in there. What's this all for? What's important? Less you know, the better, Martha tells him. You're a legend. We depend on you. Oh, yeah? What does the legend say? You went and walked across America, Japan, the Atlantic, and didn't walk across that. You save the world, you will, they say. Martha says a little late, or somebody does. And we have the, um, the valiant the doctor looks at a porthole with uh, Saxon, ready to rise. Doctor's grouchy. Toblerones are outside. Anything, doctor? Doctor has a blank look on his face. Uh, more Toblerones. Oh, they didn't—they broke your heart, eh, Doctor? Now you know who they really are. They say Martha Jones uh, has come back home. Oh, that's now. Why would she do that? Why is she coming home? Doctor says, I'll "Leave her alone." What did you whisper to her? Got a flashback of the doctor whispering to Martha. What did you tell her? Uh, I have one thing to say to you. Uh, and he says, you know what it is? Probably is going to say, I love you. Then he pushes the doctor. He's getting uh, over the top. Uh, rejoice, 24 hours till launch day. Weird, the doctor touched his leg. Oh, this is a symbol, I think. Uh, three. The symbol is three. Or W or wait. Uh, uh, Jack says, smell the sea air. Uh Martha's sister's bringing him some food, cold mash to something. 
she's feeding Jack. She says three. He winks. And then we see a statue of Saxon, a giant one. All these statues apparently are all over Earth, even in Mount Rushmore. And this came out in 2007. Think about that. Or 2008. Here we go. South coast of England. Everywhere there's these giant spaceship, uh, spaceports. Just uh, sa- salvaging everything to build this fleet of rockets. Uh, 100,000 rockets ready to launch. Uh, the rest of the universe. And a thousand different civilizations all around us. Uh, and you've been in space, the guy says. Uh, Martha goes, yeah, you got a problem with that? He goes, no, 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 just holy cow. She goes, oh, by the way, I met Shakespeare, too. And I would be like, hey, Martha, I was already impressed. I didn't need to know your history. You're impressive on your own. Some spheres find him, the guy. They don't see Martha. He says, I'm just working here, getting ready for, uh, I just want to see the rockets. They're so pretty. And he says, don't worry, I'm I'm just a worker. And the Toblerone say, okay, get back to work then. He says, how come they didn't see you? Uh, she goes, I got this magic key with a thing on it. Uh, you know, there's 15 satellites around the planet. There's a low-level field. That's why everybody thinks that dude was Harold Saxon. He goes, oh, Harold Saxon, I forgot about that. And Martha talks about how she's invisible or unnoticeable. And he goes, well, I can see you. And she goes, yeah, you wanted to. And he goes, I suppose I did. She goes, is there a Mrs. Mulligan? What about you? No, she goes, I used to be someone. Doctor gives her her first kiss, uh, which is dreamy, the first episode. Then it jumps to when he whispers to her and holds her hand. She goes, a long time ago, there was somebody. And they go, we got to find this Doherty, Dr. Doherty. Uh, it's three o'clock. We got to get moving. And then Jack's got 15 minutes. He's, uh, tries to do a little move. I think this is a distraction. Martha's father's involved. Uh, condition red. Condition red. Everybody's running around. They give the doctor, uh, the, uh, laser thing. But, uh, he says, uh, Saxon says, it's not going to work, dude. And then, uh, we got people running around. Oh boy. Jack says, what's going on? Jack gets caught by them. Doctor isomorphic controls, doctor. Uh, what else we got? Jack, uh, break out isomorphic, uh, say sorry. And he makes, uh, Martha's mom and sister say, sorry. Didn't you learn anything from blessed St. Martha? His wife's there. She's in a red dress. She puts his jacket on him. He goes, siding with the doctor's not a good idea. And they say, okay, get moving. And the doctor sits down. He goes, oh, doctor. He spins him around in a chair. I remember back in the day when the doctor was famous time warrior, uh, battling axons and sea, sea buddies and... Uh, Cascades, uh, rifts, hoping that your dread would lift. Uh, look at them now, grabbing laser screwdrivers. How did it come to this? Goes, oh yeah, I did it. Ha 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 ha. And I, d- the doctor says, "Listen, Saxon, you got to listen up." He goes, "No, no, it's, I'm talking." Great casting on Saxon, by the way. He goes, "Yep, yeah, this is the time for me, serving it hot." Uh, Resentment, and I got a message from Martha Jones, too. Uh, more memories. Uh, uh, we got more uh, birdcage Toblerones, uh, action music. Uh, they sneak in. They see this professor. She goes, I'm busy. And she goes, I don't care. who They say, we need to talk to you. She's trying to fix the TV. She misses Countdown. Both Dez's. Uh, What's the pleasant plural for Des? She does a little sleep with me. Desi, Desiline. Uh, she goes, there's a transmission coming up. We got to be from Saxon. We got to be ready. There it is. And Saxon says, salutations, everybody. This is the evening. 
Uh, we're getting ready to make a move with those rockets. There's whispers on Earth of a child walking the Earth giving you hope, but forget about it. Uh, uh, how much hope do you got when you look at this doctor here? Uh, say hello, Gandalf. He's not actually human. He's an alien. Greater lifespan. Uh, but I'm going to suspend his uh, regen in a place we're going to have some organ music. Uh, and we're going to do something in more, 900 more years or something, which, uh, interestingly, again, I can't remember if Benjamin Button got younger or whatever, but this one, it kind of, uh, he ages the doctor in a way that he becomes like a, like another being kind of like a little, uh, I don't know, like, like, um, like a vinyl mation figure, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Like a little action figure. And there's a lot of music down in years. The doctor shrinks, but he's still there in his clothes because he's a vinyl mation figure. He's a clothed vinyl mation figure, even though he shrunk in his clothes, kind of like the Hulk or something. Here's something I never thought about. The Hulk is a never nude. Who's the most famous never nude uh, person? The Hulk. Uh, no, I mean, I'm sure we've seen the Hulk's butt before in the modern Mar- Marvel movies, maybe. Am I right or am I wrong? I don't know. Have we seen the Hulk nude? I mean, I'm not talking about in full nudity. Probably, I think we have. So I'm probably wrong. Saxon says, hey, Martha, did you get the message? Uh, Everybody's stunned. Martha, she smiles. They say, I'm sorry, Martha. She goes, the doctor's, he's still, he's a, he's a sentient vinylmation figure. Uh, then they're talking about the Archangel Network as a weakness of Saxon, 15 satellites still transmitting. But that's why there's not much resistance because it's a telepathic signal. It keeps people on edge. Old Baby Big Eyes, that's the name of the um, Vinylmation figure. Uh, let's see, keep people worried. There's tacophane. Martha goes, they're not tacophane, that's a made-up word, Toblerone. She goes, well, we got to figure this out. I got a, I got a CD-ROM here. If we look it up, we can catch one and open it up. Uh, uh, like uh, Tesla Coil in uh, South Africa touched one of these, so... So she tries to load it up on a green screen computer. She's like, oh, I miss Bill Gates. And uh, how'd you get this disc? I heard you were walking around Earth. What were you doing? Trying to find a way to stop the um, thing. Then we see another whisper of the doctor to her. And they say, oh, 1.1 gigawatts uh, or megajoules will transfer it and shut down the to- one Toblerone, not a mall. So let's get one of these Toblerone. Let's take a look in a book, like reading Rainbow. Then Tom Mulligan or whatever, he bat, he uses himself as BAI to the T. Uh, I got the readings. Get up on a sphere. He goes running. Do your job. Oh, there's 1.1 gigawatts. Uh, it's like a melon when you look at it up close, a metal melon and not a birdcage, like a melon. Like a miniature Death Star, you know what the Death Star looks like, but it's printed like a, the skin on a melon. It would have looked like a birdcage to me. I found what, what I thought was a birdcage is nothing but a melon, metal melon. Then we they get them, they think, they go, okay, let's open this thing up uh, and take a look, right? Like I said, in a book, but in a thing. Then we see Saxon and his wife. His wife, she doesn't seem fully, she seems like she's under the influence of something. I mean, other than Saxon. He tells the doctor's whole plan, we're going to open up a rift in space. Uh, they won't see us coming. And then we'll establish an empire. The doctor says, stop. Uh, he goes, no, we're making a new Gallifrey here in the heavens, and then it'll stop. Uh, his wife, uh, she's like holding on to a chair. He talks about the drumming. I got to get the drumming to stop. A never-ending drumbeat. Uh, ever since I was a child, getting, getting bugging me, you know, calling me to do stuff. Uh, can't you hear it? And he goes, listen, it's right. You can't hear the drumming right now. He's face-to-face with the doctor. The doctor holds on and glares at him. 
The doctor says, it's only you, dude. He goes, good. His wife turns around, one of the Toblerone come in. Tomorrow we're ready. Tomorrow we rise, never to fall. And the, the Saxon says, I'm doing it for these uh, Toblerone. You love them too, remember? So very much. And we get this big reveal, right, uh, of where the Toblerone are from. A slow reveal, parallel with Martha and the other two opening up the melon. We see that inside the melon is something. And then Saxon gives us a recap at the same time. Basically, let's see, you love them. The dome reveal, people on the run. Uh, the skies are made of diamonds. We were running to Utopia, and they said, what are you talking about, Martha? She goes, they're us. Uh, they're the humans from the future. Because it's like the like somebody remembers. It's, they, they have a shared memory, though. Skies are made of diamonds. We remember Martha Jones being nice to us. Uh, she, we get a flashback of that kid on uh, the LARP planet. Uh, Utopia didn't work out. Martha can't believe it. So this is her first time discovering this particular part, even though she has a plan. So it kind of ups the emotional stakes for us, for her and for us. She goes, they're humans from the future. And uh, then the, the, uh, Saxon talks about taking his wife to the future. Cute Time Lord and a human companion. See the stars, right, sweetheart? was a little bit too much for her, though. Trillions of years in the future, end of the universe. And, you know, it was the end. A little bit tough to handle. Uh, she says, basically. And she goes, it's your fault, doctor. Or somebody says that. But then he goes, I worked it out with the paradox machine. And Martha works it out at the same time. Oh, fusing the coordinates. So the only place the TARDIS could go. Is this present time or 100 trillion years in the future where LARP planet and uh, fake utopia were? So the master, so Saxon had the TARDIS uh, and the only place he, only other place he could go was utopia. So he found it uh, and he talks about how we're trying to like uh, manage the end of the universe, uh, you know, and as humans still trying to adapt. Uh, all the way, you know, even, you know, no diamonds, though. There weren't any diamonds. Uh, and, uh, you know, humans were kept adapting across the eons, Saxon says. And, uh, you know, universe going bye-bye. But then uh, uh, Saxon came and bring us home. The, the, that was pretty nice. Uh, but then the doctor says, but you're, come, you're human and we're human. Why are you messing with us? And Martha goes, well, that's the paradox machine. And we see Saxon working on it. My masterpiece. Uh, TARDIS, the TARDIS, the living TARDIS can hold that thing and, and you know, allow it to work. Uh, past and the future to collide. The doctor goes, yeah, but this isn't good. It's changing history. The whole universe is history. And he goes, yeah, I'm a time lord, so I can do it, man. That's what I can do. And why come all this way? Uh, we got to go back. And then the, the other thing says we can go backwards in time, 100 trillion years, uh, or forwards in time. I don't know. Time lords and humans combined. Haven't you always dreamt of that, doctor? Uh, and then... They say to the, the Toblerone, why were you messing with us really? And they say, well, it's fun. And Mulligan doesn't like that. Then Saxon says, you know, humans, you're all about humans being the best. I don't agree. I strongly disagree. Even though he's, then he holds hands with his wife. And he says, good night. Uh, Bye-bye. And they take one another in one another's arms and head off. And then Martha's kind of like uh, going over a recap with... Uh, Mulligan and uh, Professor Doherty. And then she goes, you know, before I escaped, the doctor whispered something to me. Uh, and she has these, she has these uh, uh, flavored waters. Uh, she was unit, Torchwood, everybody was studying Time Lords in secret. And they made this, uh, 
this flavored water, if you mix all four flavors, uh, Time Lord will, uh, you know, cease the clock on the Time Lord will stop ticking. And they no longer regenerate uh, because they're immortal otherwise or they have regeneration. Uh, But four flavored waters. I only have three of the flavors, though. I have uh, blue blue snow, uh, red sunshine, and... uh, you know, amber waves of grain. Got those in Budapest, London, San Diego. Well, Budapest, London, and San Diego. Now I got to go to uh, London to get this one or something. In Beijing, I think, was the other one. They go, I go, you can't go. That London's a mess right now. Ultimate defense. Uh, professor, they go, thanks a lot, by the way. Good work. Uh, Martha kisses a professor on the cheek. Uh, she watches after them. She's got us two sweaters on. She goes, Martha, are you sure you can do it? Uh, gather all the flavored water and give it, get the um, uh, Sanxon a drink? It? You don't look like that convincing to me. Martha just gives her a look like, girl or professor, you don't get it. Uh, very, very cool look. Uh, then we see Martha and Mulligan. Martha and Mulligan. Martha Mulligan. Like, uh, I would have been jealous if she became Martha Mulligan. They go into apartment number eight in London. Uh, it's full of people on lowdown. And, uh, these are people in the resistance, I think. Uh, but, oh no, they're workers uh, for the shipyards. Uh, they go, are you Martha Jones? Uh, are you really going to feed flavored water or something to the to to Saxon? Who is Saxon anyway? And everybody's got questions for Martha. She goes, "No, no, I'm, I'll answer your questions. Uh, you want me to talk? I will." Then we see Professor Doherty. She goes into the secret uh, TV and she goes, "I have priority one." They go, "State your intent." Uh, and she goes, "I want to know about my son." And they go, "State your intent." Uh, she goes, what's up with my son? And they go, state your intent. Uh, but we know she's going to uh, leak out stuff about Martha Jones. Uh, information for Saxon concerning Martha Jones. Uh, and then Martha's talking about traveling over the world, uh, New York, China, Europe. Uh, met people just like you everywhere across the world. But, you know, Martha Jones isn't really the legend. There's another one. My name's not important. There's someone else. Uh, the person who sent me out here and told me to walk the earth, uh, the doctor. And he's the one who saved you a bunch of times. You didn't even know he was there, but he did. He never stops. He never stays. He never asks to be thanked. Uh, but I've seen him. I know him. And I love him. Oh, boy, do I. And the mulligan closes his eyes. Uh, Martha goes, I know what he can do. And then somebody comes in. They say, Saxon just showed up. Uh, hide Martha. Uh, so they put a jacket over Martha. And Saxon's walking around, wiggling his fingers. There's Toblerones. There's uh, members of his elite team. And everybody's like, what are we going to do? There's shopping carts. Uh, he goes, Martha Jones, I know you're there. And there's industrial music playing, a lot of it. And, you know, rain-soaked streets, uh, uh, spotlights, d- direct TV dishes. And he says, Martha, what would do- the doctor do? Martha's a little nervous, uh I don't know if she's, like, I couldn't, couldn't figure out if she really, she closes her eyes, her eyes are wide, she closes her eyes. She goes to put her necklace on, she does put it on, she holds it, uh, and then she says, I'm going to go out there, and she says, excuse me, Tom Mulligan, or whatever your first name was, uh, that Scooter forgot, probably, at least on some level, intentionally, because he's jealous of you. She opens the door. She comes out, and then Saxon's like, oh, there she is. Uh, good, great job. Uh, do you, you don't have any flavored water that wouldn't, would pause me, do you? And he goes, why don't you put that bag down? Give it over here. 
he zaps the bag. I couldn't figure out. I don't see her um, necklace on her right now, but it could be under her clothes. But I don't think it becomes a thing anymore. Anyway, he zaps her bag with colored waters in there, flavored waters. He goes, now a good companion. Then Tom Mulligan comes out. He gets uh, paused himself. Uh, He's thinking about pausing Martha, but he goes, oh, I should do it in front of the doctor, obviously. Obs, we should do this with the doctor. Martha just frowns and stares at him. He takes a big inhale. He goes, almost on, Martha. Looks around, planet Earth, uh, and all my Toblerone are going to get to work. Uh, then we're back on um ship. Uh, there's a PA, citizens of Earth, get ready. Martha marches on. Her sister and her mother look on. Saxon's at the top of the bridge with his wife. Uh, then we see Martha's dad. She's doing a slow walk. Yeah, Jack kind of gives her a grim. Grimace, Martha looks at the doctor in a birdcage and says, huh, that's, he still has a pinstripe suit, but it's more like pajamas. And then Saxon's like, give me your teleport device, yo. Um, do your job. Oh, wait, I'm, this is way behind. She's hypnotic. And Saxon says, kneel before me, ready to launch the fleet. Uh, 200,000 ships across the universe. No, I can't tell if they're they they have like some sort of black hole makers or um they're full of Toblerone. Oh yeah, black the line the black hole converters or they're going through black holes. 180 seconds left. Get the moving. He goes. I can't resist a ticking clock. Are you ready, Toblerone? We will fly. Oh boy, they're above. They're like orbiting Earth. 158 seconds at zero mark. We'll start with Martha going big farming. That'll be my first, first, a big farm. Got anything to say? Martha just looks at him. Doctor's uh, poor posture. Such a disappointment. Back in the day, you had companions you were in love with and that could absorb time vortices. Uh, and he says, bow your head. A little early because you, like, you still have one twenty sec, one hundred, one hour and... Uh, or one minute, or no, no, two minutes left. Uh, no offense, Saxon, but you're... Uh, he said, this is a new order of the Time Lords. I guess he has maybe has a two-minute speech from this day forward. Martha starts laughing at him. And Saxon's like, what's so funny? Uh, uh, she goes, do you really believe that thing about flavored water in four parts? Uh, come on. How could you have fallen for that? He goes, what do you mean? And the doctor goes, do you really think I would have asked Martha to do something like that? Sneaky flavored water. Martha's like, I knew Professor Doherty was going to tell on me. We knew about her son. So then we get a flashback. Did you realize that? Uh, And he goes, well, it doesn't matter. This is inevitable. I'm inevitable. And she goes, I knew what I was doing. Travel. Do you know what I was doing? Just traveling the world, telling a story. No, no offense. Just words. That's what the doctor told me. All alone. Or on my own. Told my story, told people to pass it on. About how the doctor saved everything. I love him. Pass it on. Pass it on, Martha Hart Doctor. So everyone would know. But Martha also loves the doctor, not just in that way. The doctor said, use the countdown. Think of one word at one specific time. And the dude's Saxon's like, not going to happen. Now we're at 16 seconds. A prayer right across the world. One moment, one thought, one word. 15 satellites to amplify it. That gets Saxon's attention. Jack says, Archangel, baby. Telepathic field. We're all fused. Uh, Same thing, same time. And that word is doctor. And the countdown goes, and the doctor starts to get these cosmic powers. But uh, Saxon's like, oh, no, 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 no. People, we get a series of shots. Jack, uh, Martha's mom, Martha's sister, all saying doctor, the whole world, Martha's dad. He's saying stop it. Even his wife says doctor, doctor. Everybody's chanting. People are going out into town squares. The doctor's returning. I guess now he's Benjamin Buttoning. 
he's buttoned up his Benjamin, as they said. <laughs> he's not, uh, that sounds like wrong. Button up the old Benjamin. That means be quiet, Scoots. Uh, uh, so the doctor says, one thing you can't do as he becomes full, uh, is you can't stop people from thinking. Uh, Jack laughs. The doctor grows. He, he's trans, translucent a little bit. They're glowing. Saxon's stunned. Everybody's smiling. Martha starts to hug her family. Wind starts blowing. Tries to laser the doctor. The doctor says, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, piece of paper blows in Jack's face. Uh, the doctor takes away his laser beams. Says, I, I don't hate laser beams. I just don't like how when you disuse them. Saxon says, this isn't fair. You can't do this. Uh, and the doctor says, you know what happens now? I got to hug you and love you. Just like me. This reminds me of me. I say, no, 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 please. Uh, by, uh, uh, he goes, you wouldn't listen. And now you know what you're gonna, I'm going to say. And Saxon crawls back. This, there's a part of me. There's a Saxon inside me. Holy moly. And he curls up and the doctor embraces him. He says, I forgive you. And uh, Saxon's still like, uh, protect the paradox, uh, protect the paradox, protect the paradox, uh, the Toblerone say. And he says, Captain Jack, go to the paradox machine. And then uh, Saxon tries to like uh, um, escape but, like by teleport. Doctor comes, there's lightning. He says, now it ends, now it ends. The rockets are getting ready to launch. So he still thinks it's inevitable, but Jack's running. Martha and her sister and her mom are trying to steer the ship. We got the Valiant, control it. Uh, got black hole converters inside every ship. Maybe I'll just open up those and Earth will go, uh, I don't know what'll happen. Saxon thinks he does. Uh, Jack, there's Toblerone block and the TARDIS, but Jack uh, outwits and, you know, out, you know he outdances them with uh, some other people that used to work for Saxon. But, Jack, you know, Jack, uh, he doesn't even have to regenerate. Re he doesn't have to what do you, spawn, respawn. Uh, then, yeah, we can see a lot of Toblerone in the sky, a flurry of Toblerone. And then the doctor says, listen, you, all, all you do is talk and talk and talk. Uh, but all these years, uh, I, he goes, I have the secret, man. I know you. He goes, you don't want to get rid of these ships. Uh, that's the one thing you can't do. And Saxon's actually thoughtful and quiet. Doctor reaches out his hand. He says, give it over, man. You can't, you can't de-time a time. Time lords can't de-time. Then we have Jack on the TARDIS. He takes out the Paradox Machine. And you know what happens when you take out a Paradox Machine? You only have one doc. Uh, I don't know if that's quite, but I love that Paradox joke. Uh, uh, what do you call two docs on top of one another that look like one doc, uh, but they're actually two docs, but one's on a submerged, so you don't know it's there? Paradox. It's still a Paradox. Everyone get down, time's reversing, a lot of wind, a lot of rocking, a lot of smiling. Doctor and Martha actually are gleeful. Well, the doctor, like, transports back with uh, Saxon, or Saxon transports back. And we get, like, uh, earth, wind blowing on earth, uh, clouds, dust, uh, people falling down. Because they say, hey, time's time, when time reverses, it gets shaky. Uh, my children protected paradox. Jack on the run. Six billion spheres. Just checking my notes here. Spheres coming in. Face off. I know you. We got the moon going and the Earth going backwards or forwards. I'm not even sure. And finally, the a valiant slows down and parks on a kind of foggy day. We see the bridge covered in papers. You'd think they would have like uh, had the papers more organized. We see Earth back to normal Earth stuff, human being human, traffic, walking, biking, eyes closed. Oh, this is coming up. Uh, only two left. Uh, two minutes past eight. Uh, one day, they call. They say, where's the pre that president-elect of the U.S.? Uh, and they say, well, we got to call you back. We'll call you back. Uh, Everything else is normal. Everything, that's what happened. Uh, 
lot of the stuff didn't happen. You're all going to remember it, unfortunately, I think. Uh, spheres are back at the end of the world, or, the you know, to whatever. We're at the eye of the storm. The doctor introduces himself to Martha's dad. Saxon tries to run off a helicarrier, which is not a good idea, but Jack catches him. What do we do with this one? People have strong feelings uh, about him, especially as Martha's family. But the doctor says, you're my responsibility from now on. You're the only other time, Lord. Just the two of us. We can make it if you try. Can't trust him. Yeah, no, he's got to be on the TARDIS, though. So you're going to keep me? And uh, he goes, if I have to, that's maybe what we were we existed to do. Uh Time to change. Maybe I've been wandering too long. So maybe this was a cliffhanger when it came out. Was there going to be another season? I don't know. But then um, it's actually his wife, who still has a kind of dazed look, uh, who says maybe if Saxon should go uh, like a butterfly in the sky and uh, kiss, you know, whatever. So he goes, the doctor holds him. He goes, uh, just regenerate, man. Do a regen. And he goes, I guess you don't know me so well because I don't, I won't, I can't, and I will, and I won't. And the doctor goes, come on. And he goes, no, no, no. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life with you, dude. Uh, and the doctor gets a tear because, you know, he goes, I'm going to the the big TARDIS in the inside of a, wherever it may be within a fold of, uh, you know, some sort of uh, thingamajig that's beyond Scoots' under, you know, time vortices. We're the only two left, the doctor says, come on, please. Uh, so he, he goes, come on, regen, man, regen. And Saxon laughs. Saxon's got very perfect teeth. Uh, can't do it. I win. Bye-bye. As uh, sync or Backstreet said, ain't, you know, ain't no lie, baby. Bye-bye-bye. He goes, you think the drumming's going to stop, though? We get a flashback, moon vortex in his kid's eye. Doctor's really grimacing. And Saxon takes a nappy poo. Uh, and the doctor holds him and rocks back and forth. Uh, Cone tries to comfort himself. Uh, everybody else is looking on. Martha and her mom are holding each other. Martha's dad's holding Martha's sister. Jack looks up in the sky or to the roof of the... So they wonder how this thing's assembled. And we have the doctor. He lights a candle for Saxon or a few candles, so G.O.T. style. I said, I haven't seen that many candles since, uh, what's his name? Stannis Baratheon. Uh, and actually, that wasn't Stannis, because that was like, and I say, oh, yeah, that was when I lost all respect for Stannis Baratheon. This is different. Uh, doctor's got his duster on, suit buttoned up, uh, hair looking spectacular. He walks off a little bit uh, thoughtful and unhappy, I would even say. And we see the candles that they didn't, the candles didn't burn out long ago. They eventually will. Uh, and the legend, maybe. I think then we're back at the waterfront. Um, and uh, everybody already forgot about the doctor they're talking about. Uh, Jack says, Well, I got to get back to work. Uh, doctor says, Come with me. He goes, No, I've been on a plane for a year that never was. Uh, I got a team here in, um, and I got to get to work. Uh, responsibility, doctor. Doctor says, okay, defending the earth, I respect it. I respect it. And he goes, I need my thing. And the doctor says, I can't have you having a time to traveler. You could go anywhere twice to apologize. Uh, and Jack says, what about me? Am I going to live forever? And the doctor says, I don't know. I can't do anything about it. So I don't know. Uh, you're impossible. Then Jack gives him and Martha a salute, uh, like he gives him a, in a wink. Uh, they give him a nice, uh, he goes off and he goes, what about aging, you know? He goes, if I can't, um, he goes, you know, I'm getting gray hair and stuff. He goes, what happens? Uh, and the doctor goes, I don't know, man. I don't know. And he goes, okay, I'm just being vain. He goes, you know, I used to be a poster boy, uh, Beauchene Peninsula. 
Look Magazine or something. Because this is a tiny place. Uh, I don't know if it was in the UP, but uh, it was Time Agency first signed me up. Uh, they called me the Face of Bo. And Dr. Mars, I get an OMG face. He goes, I'll see you. And they go, not if we see you first. They didn't say that, but they go, no way. And they can't be. They're both stunned. Even the doctor. Not, no, definitely not. Uh, Martha laughs, uh, touches the doctor's forearm. And uh, then we go to Martha's parents' house. So it looks like her parents may be reunited. Her brother's there. We're looking in through the window through the doctor, who now has a blue Navy suit on. Martha's mom stares out at him, kind of gives him a smile frown. I guess more she feels sorry for him. Martha gives a smile frown to her mom. Doctor goes on, throws his jacket on the TARDIS. Uh, his shoes match his shirt and his tie. Puts his hands in his pockets. Uh, and he says, huh. Uh, we see he's still got his, his regen. Kicks his feet up uh, on his uh, launch chair. Martha comes on. The doctor goes, okay, let's hit the open road. Uh, let's fire it up. Uh, Meta Sigma folio, uh, scale like oil on water, fancy look back in time, Charles II, Henry VIII. Uh, what about Agatha Christie? I'd love to meet her. And that'd be a blast. But Martha says nothing. And he goes, okay. And she goes, yep, uh, can't go. The actor goes, yeah. She goes, all those years, you know, I trained to be a doctor, Martha says this, and now I have people I can help. Uh, you know, my, they went through a lot in my family. I can't leave them behind. Doctor's like, yeah. And he just kind of sighs. Then he smiles, a bigger smile, a crafty smile. He says, thank you. Martha doesn't quite return his smile. They hug. I've gotten this hug, but I was not... Uh, uh, I was getting hugged by Martha, but she was telling me what the, her hug was saying to the doctor. And she goes, you know, I'm not second best. Uh, I'm good. I spent all this time with you thinking that. He doesn't even get that. She smiles big. She pokes him. And he goes, you're going to be all right. All right, then. And she kisses him on the cheek. Barely. And then she goes to leave once. Um takes a big sigh, starts to walk off. The doctor thinks about it, but then Martha turns back. And there's a nice pause to wonder, but I love this extra scene. She goes, listen, my friend Vicky had this thing like, uh, with this guy, Sean. They all lived together, and she liked him, but he didn't even know she existed. And she spent all day long thinking about him. Doctor goes, is this going anywhere? Never looked at her twice, Martha says. Then she turns her head. He liked her as a friend, but that was it. Doctor puts his head down. And she wasted her time pining after him. Relatable? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I told her again and again and again. I said, uh, get out of there. Uh, you know? And the doctor gives us a faint nod. And so Martha goes, this is me getting out. Oh, boy. And then she gives him the phone, though. She goes, by the way, this doesn't mean uh, I need a time machine to go back to 2007 right now and bump into Martha when she comes out of TARDIS. Uh, and doctor says, got it. Uh, she turns and walks off. He looks over her shoulder. I'll see you again, mister. Doctor smiles. And Martha opens the door, goes out, stops again, pauses. And she's happy. She smiles. Uh, and the doctor gives a thoughtful look, sits on the control panel of the TARDIS, uh, breathes, and says, uh, then Martha goes in. Her mom's like, Martha's back. The doctor fires up the TARDIS or starts, you know, get, warming it up, uh, get some breeze. We get some TARDIS sounds. We, he get, thinks about the candles. He's, you know, and then we see this weird ring thing. I guess I didn't realize his uh, the the Time Lord was wearing a ring, but apparently he was or something. I don't know. That'll come in handy one day. I don't know when. Doctor starts pressing buttons, and then we hear a horn, 
and we see a ship and this was pretty this one i mean i said it doesn't look like that ship but we see that it is the titanic the doctor says what over and over again what what uh bell rings he sees it's the titanic he says what uh what uh and then the episode ends with uh come to the holiday special which we'll do at some point um but yeah that's the end of the episode and uh yeah i hope you enjoyed it i i did uh uh who doctor who the doctor thanks everybody good night